Hi, sweet friends. My name is Madeline, and you're listening to The Madeline Moon Show, the podcast where mythic lovers unveil their wildest expression, all for the sake of love. Train your body to become an instrument of artistry, devotion, play, comedy, and myth, so that you can create the kind of love you normally only read about. Let's bring it to life. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Madeline Moon Show. It is so good to have you here. Thank you so very much for allowing me to be inside of your ears for the next however many minutes. I am going to start with some announcements, some things that are um, becoming apparent to me before we get into today's show. Don't skip. Don't even think about skipping through this. Don't you dare. (laughs) that impulse came from somewhere within us feeling someone's fingers reaching for a skip button. So the first thing I'll say, which is the most exciting piece of news, is that we are, I am, I am deciding that this podcast is really wanting video. Yeah, like I did my one episode of coming back and like the ease of it is mm, chef's kiss. I love the ease of just like literally hopping out of bed drinking my coffee, walking my dog, having my breakfast, and then strolling into my office. And there is something really special about the way the podcast world has evolved and how everybody has video and they have their little reels where they're like showing the podcast thing. And I want, I want a piece of that. So I am letting y'all know that because while I had this very like, all right, we're going to release an episode every other week. Once I realized that I want to do video, I need to now go into the process of finding the perfect place and getting support with the filming and all the things. So that's what's happening right now. That's what's in the works. And I'm stoked. I'm really excited to bring that to y'all because I have some segments with particular people that I want, I want on camera. I want us to do like formal conversations. So sharing that first, because that's coming by the end of the year, for sure, probably a lot sooner. And a little update on what's happening inside of my world. The first episode that I released got so much beautiful feedback, and I'm so grateful for all of the returning listeners of the Mind Body Musings podcast being here to listen to this and like so many people said they never unsubscribed. It was sitting in their phone for years, two years, waiting for the next episode. So thank you for y'all who are very, um, very in the podcast flow with me. It's really beautiful. And also welcome to everybody who's new. Um, I am headed off to Sedona tomorrow with my beloved, and I'm going to be teaching next weekend for the last intensive of my mastermind group called Innovatrix. And then on October 19th, we begin Creativity and Love, which is my signature program. This will be my third year to run it. And it is one of my most favorite 
things to teach. It is all about deepening in your radiant expression. And when I say radiant expression, I don't mean just like pretty or being, quote, feminine. I mean reaching down into the oceanic abyss of your body's truth and learning how to allow your body to be an instrument of that truth in the way that you breathe and the way that you gaze and the way that you make invitations and offerings and gestures in the name of love, letting that oceanic abyss of emotion, emotion that's connected to your truth, move you, move your actions and love, move how you date, move how you marry, move how you mother, move everything. But in a world where so many women are disconnected from that oceanic feeling when they're disconnected from the sensitivity of their body and on top of that pile on all the all the rules and all the this is the way you're supposed to date and this is what you're supposed to do as a feminine being and this is how many dates you need to wait until you do this and that and this and never text them first and blah 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 like all of these rules are jumbled in so many women's minds that the connection they have between their heart and their body is so dense. It's thick. It's caked. It's like covered in mucky stories of who you should be, how you should love. And that very once pure streamlined connection has now created all these little, it's like a labyrinth. It's like to get to the core of what you want to say, there's a whole bunch of things you gotta say first, and that's all false. So that's my way of saying, when you learn the craft of being creative in love, you learn how to be honest in love, and vibrant in love, and radiant in love. And so in, in every year is different that I teach this. And this year, we're gonna be focusing a lot on how do we make the gestures in love that open the moment, open the moment. And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about in today's podcast. You can get a feel for what that means. And surprisingly, we do still have some spots open. So if by the end of this podcast episode, you are inspired, remember we start October 19th. So you got to get a move on since this is coming out on October 12th. If you are interested, just send us a DM, reach out via email, and we'll start a conversation about what it will take to be in creativity and love. So let's get started today. I Last night, I had a glass of rosé champagne and some oysters with my friend. And I got home and I was like, you know what? I'm feeling, I'm feeling spicy. I got some opinions to share. So I went on a walk outside with my dog and I was just like, you know, does anybody else feel very weird when you're walking your dog and you're just holding your phone out in front of your face, talking to it? You become hyper aware of your surroundings, of people around you, people watching you. And these days I very rarely do Instagram stories on a walk. I used to do it, I used to like only walk and do stories because I always was like talking about things. And I've moved a lot slower these days because I've glided into my 30s. It's less like, less like pouring everything out on the little tiny phone and more so reserving my energy and my teachings for my students, which feels really good. But 
Anyways, last night I was, I was post oysters and champagne and I was like, I'm going to talk about something really important to me. And it, it turned into be a very long story that I then realized absolutely needs to be relayed here in long form where it's not these 60 second little clips that cut you off and I can just like share. So, all right. Today, what I want to talk about is this, um, this thing that is true. That is, if he wanted to reach out, he would. If he wanted to talk to me, he would. If he wanted to let me know he likes me, he loves me, he would. To start this off, I want to acknowledge that that is a very important honest truth that would be good for a lot of women to sink in. That it's true. It's true. If he wanted to let you know something, he would. If he wanted to um, reach out, he would. He would. Because when you want to do something, um, you do it oftentimes. This is not a hard and fast rule. So I'm not saying that Every single man on planet Earth, when they want something, they're going to do it because we're not quite accounting for every single man's trauma and their, their own relationship dynamics with their mother and with disappointing their father. Like when all those things are involved and we start to look at the very specific emotional kinks that someone has in their system, that also can dictate whether or not they actually do the thing. If they're afraid of rejection, they might not actually reach out even though they want to because they're afraid of rejection. They don't want to face humiliation and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But that's not what we're talking about here. Let's imagine that we're taking an example of a man that let's just say like they don't have this specific trauma and they're they're they have a pretty like clean relationship with i have a desire i'm going to act on that desire if we're taking that man for example yes it is true if he wanted to reach out to you he would if he wanted you to be his partner he would like this is very true and regardless what i find is that this train of thought oftentimes stops a lot of women immediately in that artistic realm. The conversation stops, the artistry stops, um, and things get really stifled and stuck because there's this momentum, right? You, You like this person, so there's a desire that's building within your body. And where there is desire, there is life force. And that life force can look like anything. It can look like creative power. It can look like sensuality. It can look like anger. It can look like just straight up momentum. And God, how good it feels to be a woman that's just connected to that desire. Whether that desire is about writing a book and that's where your life force is, or the desire is having a crush and how just delicious that feels to, to feel the heart pulsing in longing, to feel that spark of wanting something and and with that there's possibility and when we start to get into this very fertile place we also have a deeper connection to the arts 
that's why so much poetry has been written about unrequited love. That's why so many beautiful pieces of art have been created out, out of periods of heartbreak and loss. When we're in these ecstatic states, whether it's like, you know, on the lighter side, which is beautiful, like beautiful love, requited love, um, being in love, you know, those times where you're in love and you're dressing a kind of way and your hair is really full. Sometimes we can access that feeling even when we have a crush for any women who are in sync with the moon and their cycle, you know, that ovulation, that, that full moon, robust feeling, the lips are fuller, the desire is like mm, palpable. Even if you don't even have one specific person that you're funneling that into, I'm just talking at this point about a woman in desire, which is a very similar sensation as a woman in loss. Both of these feelings um, ignite the part of you that is connected to something beyond you. And that's what's beautiful about both heartbreak and uh, heartbreak, heartache, and love, and longing, and desire, and fulfillment. You are reminded in both places that there is something beyond you that you are connected to, and this often feels godly. This feels big, godly. Um, and it can feel like there's a hole in you in a way, right? There's a hole because of the thing beyond you. There's a hole within you. And that hole is precious because it reminds you to be in a state of devotion. That's one of the biggest pillars of bhakti is that you are, you, you sing and you chant and you be in devotion to feel God in you. It's like that 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 um, duality, like realizing that you are separate from God. God is in you, but you're separate from God. I'm gonna ruffle some feathers now, like to realize that God is all around. Like there's there's this essence all around, and there is a piece of you that is separate because you were born of flesh and blood. And the fact that you singing too is what helps you become intact with the, with the non-duality. That's what I love so much about bhakti is that it's holding both, both of them at the same time. And the practice of bhakti is what makes you feel the non-duality, is what makes you realize the non-duality. It's the singing, it's the singing and the crying and the, the glorification of love and beauty and pleasure and sweetness, that very act of singing to God all around, not just singing to yourself, but singing to God is what makes you feel God inside. Ah, I love it so much. So <laughs> kind of going, this is the thing about long form. I get so much more space to talk about many other things. So going back to dating, when we get into this place of if he would, if he liked me, he would show it. That flow, that connection with the with the longing in you, the desire in you, the full moon in you, the yearning in you, immediately gets damned shut. It's like all this gushy waterfall of emotion and feeling and desire and potential artistry and ideas. You know, all the books that have been written from that place, all the paintings that have been painted from that place, all the songs that have been written from that place. And then you have this thought, well, ba da ba da and then it just shuts all of that off. 
And you know what happens when you shut all of that off? You go into a state of psychosis because it has no way to channel through you. And so then you're like collapsing in on yourself and it's like, oh, it's gnarly. Like now I'm overthinking it. Now that power that was moving out is now turning right back around like a boomerang and pouring right back into me, but not into my, my, my blood and my bones and my life force. It's going right back into my head. And now all of a sudden I need to call a girlfriend to talk about why is he not doing the thing that he should be doing? He said this thing and then he said this thing and he's been doing all these other things and all these gestures and blah, 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 blah. Like you're in your head. And the path of being creative in love, I had this beautiful session with someone that was helping me like really put into words what this, what this practice is. And one of the things she was saying is that it doesn't matter who you're with, when you're, when you're practicing this art form, let's, let me also just say in my book, I'm not here to tell you about who you're meant to be with. I'm not here to help you create the most perfect relationship. I am here to teach you a new way to love that you get to carry with you with whoever at whatever time, a whole new relationship to love. That's not about this happened, then this happened and now we're together. And now it's like the story doesn't matter so much as does the, the, the mythos of what's happening in your body and learning how to connect to that. So taking this example of anyone who has this idea that if he would do it, <laughs> that he would, everything that is in your power and the ball that is in your court has now been shut off. I don't want that for you. Because I believe you are a woman designed and destined to emote regardless. To be in a water wheel of creativity no matter what he does. Because that's who you are. You make art because you are art. Now and then again and then again and then again and then again. And what if you continued your entire life with gesture after gesture after gesture after gesture? Your entire life is a string of gestures. And those gestures, those artistic offerings, those olive branches, that's the very thing that keeps taking you forward in the love story. Whether your love story turns out to be with one person and all these gestures are pouring into this one person full of devotion and love, or your love story is meant to be a life full of exquisite lovership and your gestures are what take you deeper with one person and then you com- you close with love with that person and then you enter with another person and your gestures keep taking you there. And the thing that I find you must claim. If you want to have a life like this, you must claim is that you lose nothing by opening first. You lose nothing by continuing with the gestures. And there is a piece of you, um, this is very nuanced. Okay. So there's a, there's a, I'm going to say this, but keep in mind, this is nuanced. There is a piece of you that has to at least, um, loosen your grip on, well, he doesn't deserve it. Or he's not doing it in equal amounts to me. Because again, what I'm saying is that doesn't he, he, your art is not oriented towards his art. Your uh, romantic gestures are not in a ratio to his romantic gestures. Okay? Your 
offerings are not in any kind of orientation or direction towards his. They are standalone. There is no ratio of this to that. There is no tit for tat. This is you. Can you imagine yourself in an iridescent, beautiful bubble and it's just you, okay? It's just you and all of your art is filled with that inside of that bubble. All of that art, it's like this golden iridescent orb that is holding you and all of the laughter you are going to emote, all of the poetry you are going to write, all of the times that you hug him, even though his arms are crossed, all of the times you send him an apology song that you find on Spotify that's like the most perfect song, you send it to him with a, you know, with five crying emojis, five heart eye emojis, five rainbow emojis, and then a simple, I'm sorry, I love you, forgive me. When you make that art, When you plan a picnic, and at that picnic, you read refreshed vows. When you invite him over, even though y'all just had a very tender fight, and you have this whole ceremony for candle magic, we're going to be making candles together and putting your prayers into them and then giving them to each other. Like, what are the gestures you make to, to, I don't want to say the word patch back up, but like to bring back together, to remind him with a capital H of love. In order to live like that, in order to live like that, there is a part of you that is going to have to sacrifice everything you've learned about love this moment on. I'm talking like, of course, like the fairy tales of like, he comes and rescues you. (laughs) Because Yeah, when you're making artistic gestures and you're the one opening the moment first out of a moment of collapse, it's sure going to feel like you're rescuing in a way and you're not. But if you have that mindset in the subtle body that it's his job to contact you first or it's his job to open first or it's his job to say, I'm sorry first, it is going to always get in the way of your innate ability to shock delight, shapeshift, turn on its head, turn inside out, a moment. And what I'm talking about, I'm really talking about two things. I'm talking about moments of um, blockages. So with this example of like, if he would text me, he would, this could be like a guy that you've been talking to. It's you've had three dates and he just kind of disappeared and you really liked him and you had a good connection with him and, and you're waiting for him to text. Like that's a blockage right there. A blockage could also be someone you've been in relationship with for three years and you're having the same recurring fight. It's anytime that there's kind of a kink in the clarity of the connection doesn't, I again, I can't say this enough. I don't care. I love you. I don't care what your story is. I'm talking about the feeling. I'm talking about the, the energy shift. You can have a whole entire history of stuff that has happened and you can still do this art form and practice. If trust, trust me, after what I've just gone through over the past couple of years, like I, I know what I'm talking about in this because I had a list of resentments of things that were keeping me, I was, I was making artistic gestures, but I would keep going back to this list in my head of like hoarding around this list as if I had like a big bag of shit inside of a, 
you know, connected to a stick and I just like throwing it over my shoulder, carrying it around with me. And the heavier that bag got, the, the, the least, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The smaller and smaller my connection to the art that wants to come through me was. And so I had to work out a lot of my own stuff to open that bag and like really let go of all the resentments. And that practice is what helped me to remember, I go first, I go first. And and what if I adopt the mindset that I always go first? What if you adopt the mindset that you always go first, you always open first? Yes, there's a fight, there's a blockage, and you make the first gesture. Whether that is an I'm sorry or that's a playlist you create for them of all these songs that say I'm sorry and it's really artistically crafted and it has this awesome like climactic arc. Or maybe it's just locking eyes with your beloved for a little bit longer than you'd like because you're so upset and angry and you let your eyes soften and you let you wait you wait until the emotion comes through. You hold your eyes until the emotion comes through and then you let them witness that. Oof. That is a beautiful way to make a gesture. So that's one thing I'm talking about with the blocks. And then another way of like opening first is like when things are great and you're still going underneath the surface, like things are great. This date is going great. Our connection is going great. We're five years in and it's going great. And you're still connected to initiating first initiating that next layer you want to go deeper into or bringing to the surface something that never quite got solved. And you can just feel as a sorceress that there's something that that thing is energetically doing to your connection and you want to lovingly bring it to the light instead of just waiting for it to either disappear or go underneath the rug or waiting for him to bring it up. You are artistically going to say, baby, I really... I'm really feeling like this texture of da 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 is still around and I, I wanna I wanna bring it into the light and I wanna talk about it with you. And you even do that artistically. You bring it up artistically. Like how deep can you go into this? Can you light a fire, gather all the sheepskins, make like a tantric fort? Pour some, I'm a big fan of champagne, pour some champagne, make the entire environment of going into this thing really cush and luxe and delicious because you are a priestess. Yes, if you think that you are a priestess, can you make your, can you make the, um, can you make the environments with which you want to dive into deeper things really yummy don't like keep on your like bright lights and like have the tv going and (laughs) I know some of you have children and it's like like it's not that easy to create these kinds of environments like that and I am still going to encourage you even with children to take the time to carve out space for the environments you need to tend to your relationship So let's go back to the idea of dating in this kind of way, because a lot of questions come up for women around this is like, okay, it's a a first date. Like, how do I create art out of something when we don't have a history? Or um, it is a third date and I feel a little like I'm confused and I also feel a little needy or crazy for liking him this much. 
There are two things I want you to hold. So go ahead and put out your hands and imagine that you're holding these two different things at once. In your right hand, feel the weight of your own desire for this person. Like, I'm, I'm saying this with love, but feel the weight of the projection screen that you have potentially put on him. Because that's a thing. That's a thing with crushes. Like literally a crush is everything we imagine them to be and more so. It's not really who they are. We don't know. That's what makes a crush a crush. It's your idea of them. It's the beautiful projection screen of the life you're going to live and the laughter you're going to have and the the beautiful items you're going to have in your house and like how they're going to tend to you and romance you. Like when you have a crush, anywhere between one to three dates of someone you really like, oftentimes it's highly, heavily infused with your projection. So in your right hand, you're holding that. You're holding how beautiful that is. There is nothing wrong with that. Let's just honor it and acknowledge it rather than put it in the shadows and like, like, ignore that because we're, we're, we're made in mother crone here. Okay. We've got that very mature understanding of how crushes and, and liking people. We don't actually know how that works. So we're holding that on one hand. And then on the other hand is I have a feeling, you know, he's not contacting me. And I also don't want to ignore that. I'm holding both. So feel the weight of the feeling you have of him not doing this thing. And I'm using dating as an example, but this applies to all sorts of things. This applies to long-term relationships and marriages. So if you're married, on the right hand, instead of the, you know, the projection screen because you don't know this person and you're making up all the amazing things you think about them, it is more so the projection screen of how you think they're supposed to be based off of everything you know about them. So maybe those are negative stories. Maybe the projection screen that you're seeing is he always does this. He's doing it again. He's forgetting about me. He is uh, very forgetful or he's unaware. It's more so your stories of the past that are creating stories of the future because you have history. So you're holding that on one hand. And then on the other hand, you're holding your feeling, which is like really, really, really valid. You can put your hands down now. So your feelings are really valid and you've got this, this, this very true feeling. I feel sad. I feel upset. I feel longing. I feel desire. I feel rage. I feel joy. Like whatever the feeling is, hold on to that feeling and create art from that feeling. And for the best of your ability to the best of your ability, you want to let the projection screen or the past judgments and resentments and stories be a little bit less heavy and a little less weight because they're not actually um, they're they're not actually as important as you want to think they are. Like he's probably not exactly the man that you are creating in your mind that he is. You have a very powerful crush and it's creating the stories of who he is. But if it's the third date, you don't really know. You don't really know. You need time to know. So. Everything that's being held in that hand, we're holding it because we're saying, I love you. I love my precious ability to have crushes. I love my precious ability to project. It's what keeps me going. It's what gives me hope. And 
The art's not meant to be fueled from that hand. The art is meant to be fueled from the other hand, which is the feeling, the feeling, the feeling state. And if you can continuously connect to the feeling state, regardless of what's happening inside of your your life, like regardless of the resentments and the stories, if you could just connect to the feeling state, oftentimes that feeling is going to tell you what to do, tell you how to create, tell you what gestures to make. And the next step is to make these gestures, make these artistic offerings, which by the way, is like everything. The other day I was watching a movie with John. Um, we were watching, it says Kieran, begin again, begin again with Kieran Knightley and just like this classic moment of um, she was fighting with Mark Ruffalo. They were getting into a heated argument. She said something that pissed him off and he walked away. And then she ran after him and hugged him from his back because his back was turned to her as he was walking away and she just held him. Beautiful moment of an artistic gesture. Beautiful moment of like holding him. And it just showed her holding him for a moment. I don't think she said anything. And then the next scene was them having a conversation about um, his past. Like she opened the moment because she ran after him. She could have turned around and walked the other direction and stayed in the fight. But instead, she saw that she upset him, thought about it for a moment, ran to him, held him, just put him into an embrace. Everything about the scene changed. And that's an artistic gesture. And then later in the movie, another artistic gesture popped up. So Kira Knightley in the movie was going through a breakup with a with um, uh, the guy who's in Maroon 5, Adam Levine. And he cheated on her. And that's why they're broken up. He cheated on her. And let me repeat that. He cheated on her. He cheated on her. So when you hear that, depending on your own past and your own stories, you're going to have your own emotions come up of like, if that's ever happened to you, what did you do? You know, how did you feel? Everyone's experience is going to be different. What, what comes up for me is a lot of nuance. Um, and what I can imagine what would come up for a lot of people is like, fuck him, like fuck him. If he wanted her, he wouldn't have done that. That's the thought. And later in the movie, what she did because she's also a singer songwriter is she was up late. I don't know, drinking some scotch with her friend. And she was like, let's write him a song. She wrote him a song. They called him and it went to voicemail and she sang the entire song about her experience in the breakup on his voicemail. And that is an artistic fucking gesture right there. It's like, she's heartbroken. He did something terrible and she is giving him an artistic gesture. And guess what? She didn't care to win him back. And even if she did have a little bit of that in there, that's fine. That's fine. A big piece of living a life of these gestures, one after the other, after the other, is that you're okay with your egoic desires. Like you're okay with like, I want him or I'm too tough to want him or, um, fuck him for doing that. I'm not going to go back to him. I'm like, so I'm not going to make art. You're okay with it, but you're not governed by it. You're not governed by it. Like you're familiar with your gut reactions because if you are governed by the, if he wanted me, he wouldn't have done that and you don't make those artistic gestures, you'll never be able to fully reach into that 
womb-like abyss of all the miraculous ideas you have there because it gets stopped before it even gets started. And oftentimes it's a life full of these gestures that actually creates the life you're meant to live. It designs the woman you're meant to be. It's not going to dictate who you're with forever. Those are, those are choices, but it forms who you are. And that's way more what I'm concerned about helping you with than like where you're going. This is about who you are. This is about how you love. And perhaps it leads you to a love story of your dreams. For myself, I know that my, my relationship has been filled with gesture after gesture. It's been the glue that's kept us together. I've, I have this in my book, Artist of Love. So I'm not going to go into those examples now, but in my book, I talk about the time that I covered my hand with period blood. Um, I talk about the time that I did like, um, I did like this whole skit with a dagger and a knife. And I talk about, uh, many things. And, and those moments have always been me either expressing something simply for the sake of, I need to express this. You need, I want you to witness this baby. I want you to see what's happening for me. Or it came from a place of like, whatever, peace out. Like I'm just making this art because I have to, you do you, but I have to say like the period blood one. If you read my book, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and it was actually those gestures that brought us back together that brought us back together. And I, I think I talked about I think I might have talked about this in my last episode where during our breakup even, there was a moment where I extended an olive branch to him and I said, I just, I'm just, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all out. I'm all out of ways to be mad at you. I'm all out of emails to write to you. I'm all out of angry texts. All I want to do at this point is love you. And that took about a year. It took about a year of like, I, I, you know, none, none of this, none of this lifestyle is about perfection. It's about finding your way back to the opening. So I had probably six months of not opening, like spiraling. You know, if you didn't listen to my last episode, go listen to that. Cause I talk all about it, but I, I had six months of like gargoyle, gremlin, gurgly energy. And I, I processed all that through and I, I made art for myself. I wrote, you know, a book during that time. So still making art, but like directly for, for him, I wasn't coming up with the most profound artistic gestures. Most of them had hooks. Most of them were hooky. It's like, I wanted him to see something. I wanted him to understand something and understand one more thing. And I kept making it about him understanding something rather than me offering to him. I wasn't ready I was angry. So I kept wanting him to like understand this one more thing that what I'm mad about, hoping that that would give me some relief. And you know what? It never did. It never did. Trying to get him to see things or like kind of like bludgeoning and punishing him for the past for like, you know, the, just whatever it was, like whatever I wanted him to see. My feelings were hurt about this thing or, um, you didn't tend to my heart the way I wanted. Like I was just continuously bringing the same things. These were not gestures. These were not gestures. They were pokey. They had hooks in them. They were about me. And then I got to this place where I was like, oh, I'm at the rockiest rock bottom ever. 
And at the bottom is not what I expected. The bottom, the rock bottom was not destitution and isolation. It was actually a surrender to love. At the very, very bottom was all that's left, all the things have been said, all the hooks have been placed, and all that's left is my rawest, purest desire to just allow a flow of love between you and me. That's it. I just want to love you. And (laughs) that's the beautiful thing about trying everything else. (laughs) Trying all the mind games and... all the strategies and all the shadows of the feminine that will, you know, call it gestures or call it art, but it's not really. It's like hooky things. It's manipulation. That's the shadow side of the feminine. And it's okay. It's okay. You know, there's always a shadow. It's okay. Because underneath all of that was the light. It was just, I want to love you. And what I found is that those moments when I offered completely free of charge. There was no hook. There was nothing I wanted them to see about me. Nothing I wanted them to see about me. It was just me offering, just me giving, just me saying, I I just want to love you. It's like running back and giving a a hug to the back. That was free of charge in that movie. All she did was run and give an embrace when she could have closed, when she could have made it about her, when she could have continued on the fight. So when I'm talking about artistic gestures, it's it's a little bit challenging sometimes when people just jump jump into my work because I'm talking about a lot of different things. I'm talking about many different styles of gestures. It's anything that opens the moment to more love. Anything that you let go of your own egoic needs or your tit for tat or your heavy backpack of resentments and you just offer. Those offerings are what I'm talking about those offerings, you were just giving. And in that movie, it's just so sweet because um, later on in the movie, there was a a moment between Adam Levine and her after she sent that voicemail with the song where he listened to the song in the voicemail and he was like, I have to see you. They sit down on a park bench and he was like, I want to be back with you. And she said, why? Why do you want to be back with me? Or when did you realize this? And he said, when you left me that voicemail. And another thing I want to point out that I loved about that scene was one, she didn't even do that to get back with him. But two, I don't know if I really trust, like, you know, his character was sketchy. He cheated on her and he's representing something that is real in that moment. Because when we do do gestures and offerings, like regard, forget the story, forget the story for a moment of him cheating on her. Forget like this happened and this, this happened and then this happened at the end. Forget all of that. Just focusing on that scene when he said, I realized after you left that voicemail, that moment and its purity is very true. That, that when we make these gestures, a lot of times it wakes people up of like, wow, I have an incredible human. I have an incredible woman. The fact that you're going to do this, especially for the masculine, when we feminine beings go into that oceanic abyss of artistry and creativity and we write songs and we send songs and we do giffies and we display our heart and we leave big loud voice audio notes full of emotion and we put our feelings through our body and we incarnate as aliveness all of those things can really um kind of shock someone into realizing oh whoa look at what i have 
because you're bringing the energy. And that's not the point. The point is not to, to like, this is do this to get back together. But I do want to point out that I think a lot of relationships could have made it with these gestures, with these, with, with the commitment to opening first, with the commitment to putting your feelings out there. And I'm, when I say opening first, I don't always mean like, I'm not talking about being cute and singing a song or being sweet or putting a smile on your face. Sometimes it involves pounding your chest and saying the deepest truth available, even if it hurts, you know, like eat, like pounding your, your chest and saying, I don't trust you. I love you. I don't trust you. I want to trust you, but I don't trust you. And I want to <laughs> like, that's a truth that's very honest and probably hurts to hear, but it's the truth that shakes and shocks open the moment to what's needed. That's opening first. What's more opening? I don't know. I just, I'm not, I, I, I just want to leave. I don't want to be here. I don't know. Like you're making me crazy that, or I don't trust you. I want to, I love you, but I don't trust you. You can feel the difference. One is very, uh, uh, one's closed. Like you can feel the dense nervous system of the first one. You're not really saying anything clearly. You're beating around the bush. You're trying to protect yourself. You're trying to protect them, but there's no invitation for a deeper intimacy. Whereas the other one has, is oozing, gushing with an invitation. I want to trust you, but I don't help me. That's opening the moment first. That is an artistic gesture because it's an honest one. And then I can, I can already feel some of the things coming through, some of the stories such as, well, Madeline, I did that. I did that. I did that over and over and over and over. I always did gestures and it never worked. And now we're divorced and sayonara to him. Well, that's almost like a whole other podcast, but for anyone that's thinking that, I number the very first thing is I really want you to orient towards um I really want you to reorient around what is working. What 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 are you identifying as working? If you're identifying if I'm going to open the moment first, the relationship needs to stay in order to count it as working. Well, yeah, there you go. That that failed, but that's not in any shape or form, my definition of working. For me, and in my book, it's working because you're a fully alive, embodied fucking woman. You're bringing your truth. You're bringing your truth. You're allowing your truth to come through. You're opening the moment. When you're opening the moment, it's working. You know why? Because you're not abandoning yourself in the name of, quote, love and relationship. I do not consider self-abandonment or staying closed to be working at all if the relationship stays. Yeah, like so stay you say the relationship stays and you don't dedicate to open the moment and no real truth really gets uncovered and you stay in this kind of loop together. But you stay because it's comfortable. I don't consider that working. I consider deep love and deep devotion to truth and using your body as an instrument of expression, I consider that working. And I consider that to be the path that takes you where you're meant to be. So maybe there was a divorce and that is heartbreaking and achy and painful. 
And you can make gestures throughout that heartbreak. And who knows, that period of heartbreak could launch you into the next place you're supposed to be in your life. And that's how life goes. That's how life goes. And we have to be very careful of our measurements because I would be so sad if anyone has that story of like, I did that and we ended in, in a divorce and all of that hard work failed and I'll never do that again. That to me is considered self-abandonment because it didn't work with, it didn't work according to your book with one partner that it's your expression that's at fault. Or now you need to be devoted to a life of closure. That is not winning. Your expression is what got you to where you need to probably be. And it's not the expression's fault. So I wanted to say all of that. And then I also want to say, even though you say you did it, you did it, I bet there's refinement that can happen. I bet there was refinement that could happen. I wonder if there were any like places that there might have been leakiness or hooks or expectations. And like, let's just let's just allow that possibility to exist so that there's something we can continue to work towards and work forward with. How beautiful is that, that we get to look back and go, okay, these are the things I would have done differently. I have a whole bunch and I have no regrets at the same time. There's a lot of places in my life that could have been refined and I have no regrets because of where I am and who I am, which is even more important. So what are the places where there could have been even deeper refinement, even deeper refinement and even deeper devotion to keeping the art as an offering, keeping the art as an offering without any hooks, without any, you need to understand me, or if I'm going to give you this, then you need to give me that in return. And even though I'm saying to live a life where you're committed to opening first, you're not going to do it every time. I don't open first every time, but that's a pillar that I try I try and my art looks different from the way that my beloved does that. But we're both really in devotion to being artistic, artists of love, being artistic with each other in the good times and in the rough times. The rough times, art gets us to move through it and in the good times, we go deeper. So the next time you are longing for someone to reach out to you because you miss them or you feel dropped. And a girlfriend says to you, well, if he missed you or he wanted to talk to you, he would. Just remember this. Just remember this because that's not a good enough reason to ignore that you have a feeling, that you have a desire. I have had several friends and several clients who have had maybe three days of delicious, uh, like a delicious love cocoon with a man. And then they separated and then they didn't hear from that man again for a while. And those are beautiful instances where you can still create art. You can still say, Hey, my heart is, my heart is feeling dropped and I really want to connect with you and I miss you. Or I'm noticing that I am wanting to hear from you and then have like five different emojis and you can make these invitations that are from your heart as an offering to create that connection again, to be in devotion to the woman you know you are. You're committed to getting to the truth of things. You're committed to clearing the air. You're committed to your own sanity. 
if you are feeling like the mystery of why is he not reaching out, if you feel like that's taking up space in your life and it's unnecessary and you really invoke your essence of queen, you'll know how to bring that to the table. And for so much of this episode, I've been talking about free of charge and like offering. And I'm not saying that you can't have any um, any part of yourself in that offering. So for example, if you reach out to someone saying, hey, I'm noticing that I am feeling a little bit sad because we had such a beautiful weekend and then I haven't heard from you and I'm wondering where you are. Obviously within that, there is a desire for you to know where is he and that's okay. That's okay. This is one of those gestures that is still an offering because you're also inviting him into uh, a little more cleanliness with his connections. Like you're gifting him with an experience. You're gifting him with the knowledge that, hey, this is how the feminine feels when you go deep for three days and then you disappear. You're offering something that's beyond just you. He may be impacting the feminine of the world like that. And this is one of those things I often remember is that when we, both ways, so like if a, if a masculine being gives me feedback on how my emotions are feeling in his body when I give them, he's giving me very valid, valid feedback about how my emotions are impacting consciousness all around. It's not just about him, it's about how my emotions come out of my body, move through my body, and impact and move or inspire or discourage consciousness all around, which could be how my emotions inspire or discourage my father or the land or structure. Like how are my emotions impacting structure all around? So I take his feedback as something that's bigger than just him, especially when he delivers it to me in a way that's not just about him, but about like, hey, this is a thing that's happening all around. We, we are also offering the same thing. So when you are creating a bridge with someone who has disappeared and your heart hurts and you want them to know, just connect also with that part of you that, that can realize I am bringing this to his attention as an offering and it is free of charge because I just have to express this. I just have to say this so it's not taking up 80% of my brain. So that's an act of self-love. But it's also an act of devotion to the world all around because you're offering this and it has the potential to wake him up for him to go, oh, that is interesting that I went deep for three days with this beautiful being and then I did not have any aftercare. I dropped off the face of the earth. When you share that with him, regardless of whether or not you continue on your, your journey together, you're making him a better man. So that he can realize when he moves forward in his connections and in his world that it matters when you take a woman deep. It matters. So there should be aftercare. And perhaps you help him create a little more consciousness around that so that he walks through the world with a little bit more awareness of how he treats the feminine. Can you connect with that? Can you connect with the thing that's even bigger than what you want, but the thing beyond that, the thing that you're how you're actually making him a better man for his perhaps future wife, future daughters. That's how the gestures take you further in life and take others further in life. And you might even 
end up together. You might even have another three-day deep dive because you made that gesture and because he goes, oh, this is a, this is a woman who knows energy. This is a woman who's not afraid to speak what's her, what her truth is and also do it in a way that's loving. Mm, that is a beautiful gift. And perhaps that makes him realize, I want to be better for her. So these are all possibilities that I just want to, to put in, in your sphere, in your life, because this is very big. If you're going to be a woman who is in devotion to artistic truth, you got to be aware of some of these little things, little mindsets, little stories that get in the way between you and your gestures, because I think we all should have a life of these gestures. So this is all that I have for today. This is today's podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this. Please know that now that the podcast is back up, it is your iTunes and Spotify reviews that makes the biggest difference. That is what helps the show to grow. So if you've got a moment, I would be so eternally grateful if you made the gesture of going to whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, leaving a five-star review about my work and my words and what you've heard here today. That would be so beautiful. And if you want to go deeper, like I said, we have a couple spots left for Creativity and Love. This is a four-month program, and it includes a four-day immersion. It used to be three. Now it's a four-day immersion. And me on your team in the realm of love for the entirety of the program. It's very deep. It's fun. We do a lot of uh, theatrical things and there's myth and lots of projects to go out into the world and to share your artistic feminine gifts. I would love to support you with that, but we start October 19th, so it's only a few days away. Please let us know if you are interested in getting one of these last spots by emailing programs at maddiemoon.com and for all of you who are just along for this beautiful ride, I can't wait to tune in in our next podcast episode. Till then.